It, like literally, you were incepted. You were like <laughs> inseminated with his <laughs> fucking brain jizz. His lizard words and <laughs> big tech dick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the long dick of the tech. Yeah, I hate it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly, tangential, irreverent conversation between two millennial spiritual dilettantes. Nodes in the Net is a Creek Mason podcast and lives at creekmasons.com, along with some of my writing about media, metaphysics, and metamodernism. You can find links to ways to contact me and my co-host JT at creekmasons.com as well. Uh, You can follow us at on Twitter, where we're at Nodes in the Net, and follow the Creek Masons too. That's at Creek Masons. So yeah, if you're if you're feeling into it, give us a rating, give us a review. Those things are actually supposed to help for you know the algorithmic deities that govern our lives. And I would uh, very much appreciate it. So thanks. Enjoy this conversation. We're going to ramp into it with a short poem. I want to see a sequel to Inside Out where the main character starts a regimen of antipsychotics and the peppy glowy people that are supposed to be running her head are all stoned comatose. The nights immediately post-diagnosis, I pour a shitload of pills into my palm then carve away the overdose temptation with the pill bottle, leaving nothing behind but my prescription. At least 12 hours of sleep later, the pain in my bladder would finally overrule the sedation. It'd grant my limbs just enough strength to stagger to the bathroom. Then I'd piss. It felt like hours spent slouched in front of the toilet, like I could have pissed away the rest of the afternoon, the rest of the weekend, the rest of my life, the remainder of my dreams. When you first encounter it, everything about the pharmaceutical industry seems insidious, like the way marketing gives pills Pokemon names, almost as if there's some kind of conspiracy to make them palatable to the Game Boy generation. You gotta pop them all. Well, I very nearly have. Take Geodon, for example. Doesn't it sound like Geodude evolved into a mob boss? Well, that's fitting because its main move was something akin to Earthquake. The tremors that literally rocked my body were super effective at preventing me from leaving my bed. Or Seroquel. Doesn't it sound like a happy anime porcupine? Uh, (laughs) Must have been a cousin of Snorlax, because it helped with little more than making me fat and sleepy. Then there's Lamictal, the legendary firebird that quickly turned on me and left my limbs and chest covered with burning rashes. If you ever see two mentally ill people talking, we really are like trainers comparing our prescription histories like Pokedexes, humblebagging about the side effects we've endured like every single one of them is a gym badge denoting a boss conquered. But despite the fact that I spent so long living like a Thanksgiving turkey, baked and trussed up and stuffed full of mush for the benefit of national tradition, despite that, the cornucopia of prescriptions I still endure daily has improved. You've got to recognize that psychiatrists are doctors of nothing more than guessing and checking. You've got a demand to keep trying shit until you stumble onto the unique cocktail that suits your peculiar neurochemistry. 
Now I've nixed the risky behavior that's the result of feeling invincible without encasing my consciousness in countless milligrams of dust-smudged plexiglass. I've stabilized the pendulous rubber band recoil of high and low energy, but I can still feel feelings. In short, I've found a way to use chemistry to secure the headspace necessary for me to resume growing, to be productive, to pursue happiness. Society is sick, and I'm far from being ashamed of not being innately well-adjusted to it. But the inalienable right to pursue happiness? It's not one I'm willing to forfeit. So what is, oh yeah, let's, uh, what's the, what's the story for yeah. today? Can we have an what's oracle the story? on that? Let's ask, let's ask our, our tarot. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like the one thing I didn't want to talk about. Oh, here we go. Uh, that's the juicy stuff, dude. We were talking about shadow earlier. I, like yeah, that's I, the juicy shit. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think we have to go there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I, I apologize to future Jeff for all the editing you're going to have to do uh, <laughs> Cool <laughs> to, to make yourself not seem like an asshole. I love that. Uh, Let's. <laughs> so, so we drew the five of pentacles. Ooh, yes. Uh, which is, do you know this one? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to no, tell I don't. me what you know? I, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Pentacles is going to be earth-based energy, so physical and material reality. Um, yep. Can you tell me what the card looks like? Once I've, I'm like, I've, I'm kind of like flashing between different, um, I think different ones, and I can't tell if, if it's like one that's spilling or one that's like falling or something. So Pentacles is, uh, it's basically like two people outside a church in the snow. And in the church, there's like a stained glass window that's like lit from the inside and it's got the five pentacles on it. And the two people look fucking haggard, dude. They're <laughs> like, uh, right? Like one of them's got like a cane. He looks like Tiny Tim. And then the other one is like wrapping a, a like torn shawl around herself. And... It's a card of like loneliness and mm. dejection and just like general sort of feelings of being on the outside looking Maybe in. I'm, yeah, I'm less fam- I'm not as familiar with this as I thought I was initially. This is not the card I thought I was thinking that it was. I saw oh, okay. like I saw a card when you yeah. said five of pentacles and it no, that's not what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the cards that I've gotten a couple times now. Hmm. I think uh it tends to relate to sort of this season in my life mm, yeah. where I am I'm more prone to like ostracizing myself 
I don't know what is that called when you ostracize yourself. Uh, uh, Alienate. Self abandonment. Um, I don't know. Oh, ostracize! Like you remove yourself. You remove yourself from like social like situations more. Yeah, isolate. Isolate. Yeah, insulate. Insulate. Yeah. Isolate. Yeah. So it's like I'm. I kind of. Uh, you know, I get like <clears throat> really into my own shit and fucking. Yeah. Uh, and fucking. Like it gets to be bad cool. to the point. Shit fucking. <laughs> 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 yeah, is that what I'm, you said? Uh, I think this whole scenario would be so much more pleasant if I was doing more shit fucking. Yeah, the it's big always big problem here. It's always it's always less suffering when you're fucking shit more of the time. Definitely. Yeah, I think the Buddha said that. Oh yeah, was that? Yeah, I thought that was. Uh, I thought that was a Jesus Cristo thing. <laughs> Yeah. Poop. Uh, but yeah, that's me. That's me right now. Is like, uh, you know, I am uh, most palpably or most, uh, you know, objectively uh, reflected in this card by the fact that I am like working from home. Yeah. And Layla and Freedom are, are working from school and from work <laughs> from mm. the office, respectively. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm alone all the time, and what this creates for me is uh, a sort of echo chamber of one, where my mm. own thoughts uh-huh. echo off of the fucking walls in here. You know, I'm in yeah. the office right now, uh, so my like all I have for company is my own thoughts, and when you don't have anyone to fact check you or to like. Even you have like gone back to work and we've been talking a little bit less, mm-hmm. you know, not to like place any blame for my paranoia, right, on right. You, which I know you wouldn't accept anyway, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's like, uh, when you don't have anyone to like sort of check in with and yeah. m- maintain your, your groundedness in relationship to default reality, you can go into some really weird, dark uncomfortable, um, scary Hmm. even places. Hmm. And that's the habit that I have around this time of year. Uh, I don't know. I feel like too. There's a lot of things that could explain that, but Uh I mean, it's election season and I I do have some like PTSD maybe, or, Hmm. you know, self-diagnosed PTSD, which means it's probably just me. Uh, minimizing people who actually suffer from PTSD. Uh, but maybe I get a hall pass because I'm out as a bipolar person. Maybe. Uh, I don't know how, yeah, uh, I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. No, but like it was traumatic. Like yeah. I, I was followed home. I was, you know, my yeah, you went the apartment shit. that I lived in was vandalized. And, you know, it was, it was, it was scary. And yeah. it happened around this time of year. Mm. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, elections are always, like, supercharged for me. Mm-hmm. Especially the last one. Like, last year I was losing my shit around this time of year. Oh. I, yeah, I forgot. Like, that was super intense for me, too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I kind of forgot how how much. 
Right. And there's like a a memory system in your body where your body's like, oh, you know what? It's about the same temperature and we're getting about the same amount of sunlight. Yeah. And last time I was here, I was in this like really tweaked out place. Maybe I should go back into that place just to be ready for it. You know? Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, it is just like a reaction to the, the environment. Yeah, to like the external world. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's yeah. like, you know, like you start hearing about pumpkin spice and you have flashbacks to Donald Trump and <laughs> Joe Biden's fucking debate, you know? Uh-huh. That was like yeah. one of the most traumatic <laughs> things of 2020 for me, hmm. which is like really saying something. It was just a bizarre, um, like, roller coaster of a of a of a nut kick yeah that debate but what was what was what was like what was uh uncomfortable about it for you hmm i'm just pretty frustrated and i'm just like down on <laughs> civilization um so i'm like this yeah. is where we're at right now between like these are the best two people uh in america to as leaders uh i don't i don't believe that like i like that's yeah so yeah like how fucked up are we that these are the two guys you know was kind of my yeah, perspective 100 percent um yeah like but, the whole fucking premise is flawed yeah yeah nice yeah i like that um so i've been pretty like i've just been pretty removed from politics for a while i just kind of like follow this like indie newspaper and everything they say i just vote because like i don't want to pay attention to the news <laughs> so you know i just like <laughs> i just outsource that decision making to this like this group of people that i trust in those decisions and like yeah. what align with and yeah. you know 99 percent of the time uh and i just yeah i kind of like checked out around then i'm still like interested in it and i that- like i think politics is important and fascinating but like I'm not paying attention because we're so far from where I would find it like positive that I don't want to be hanging out uh, in that space at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, like uh, it's a form of mental hygiene, I think. Yeah. Where if, if you, it, uh, do you know the phrase learned helplessness? We're talking a lot about trauma right now. I'm noticing, but do you know the phrase learned I helplessness? Remind me, I like, You've told me about it before, but I don't, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. So the way that they, I think, I think the experiment where this was like coined as a term was really fucking vicious where they would, um, give these dogs, they would like lock them in a cage and the floor was electrified and, uh, they would like teach the dog that to turn off the like shocks that they had to like press a button or something. Uh-huh. And uh God, and like, like over time they made the button less and less effective. And <sighs> so uh eventually the dogs just like would give up entirely. Like the fact that the it, they were given a solution and then the solution yeah. stopped working. Like they had a way out. Like they could uh. they could jump over a wall in order to like get out of the cage. But these dogs that had developed learned helplessness, 
um, would just like lay down and and be in pain. Oh my god! Why is that the science that we're doing? First of all, <laughs> well, it was like why aren't we like putting puppies in like you know ball pits made of Nerf balls and like seeing how they respond to that like delicious environment? You know. <laughs> 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 why isn't that the science that we're doing? And not like torturing fucking puppies. Like that's the whole thing. But <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's yeah, a completely no, I mean, like off topic, it- but. <laughs> like what the fuck yeah why does wh- why does so much science involve torture why do we why do we learn because we're sick man <laughs> <laughs> dude you don't understand you dude we're fucking the man is is square and fucking not in touch with nature and stuff you know so yeah we're heartless like the <laughs> that's just the that's just the world we've designed and built for ourselves is like one in which we are more interested and curious about torture and war than we are like love and pleasure you know mm, <laughs> yeah that's just where we're at and it's also like, you know Russ, <sighs> like russell brand always says there is uh there's a direction to science like it can't be extracted from capitalism and so the only no, science yeah, exactly. that gets oh, yeah. done is science that makes <clears throat> money. And yeah. so because capitalism is an exploitive, exploitative, uh, you know, destructive force, mm. the only studies that get funded are the ones that capitalism approves of, which just happen to be torture because torture is fundamental to capitalism. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. Or maybe that's just all the, the stories that I hear, and it's like some sort of selection bias. <laughs> that's super, yeah, that's trippy. That's so true. But so, uh, what's his name? Neil Postman makes this case in uh, one of his books that, I think it was Technopoly, uh, or Entertained to Death, one of those two. Uh, he said that um, <sighs> because... Like, at the invention of the telegraph, when we were like, you know, we put down the transatlantic cable and Mm. suddenly you could communicate from, like, Chicago to Texas Uh in minutes instead of days. Like, what that changed is suddenly our, um, our sphere of concern has become global. Yeah. But our sphere of agency remains local. And so Mm. like relating this all the way back to what you were saying before about like the mental hygiene of checking out from international or national politics, like it a hundred percent makes sense to do that because ultimately you live in, you know, a blue state, like there's there's not much that you can do about Biden versus Trump or whoever comes next when it comes yeah, to like, or the, even like the top office. Your I'm, vote doesn't count. My vote doesn't count. Like even in my even in my smallest whatever you call it, like district, like the most extreme left person in the range of people is always the one that's getting elected. Or like most, you know, well, it sounds like you're living in the like, right place. It feels like a nice place. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> that's I think, like a... trying to like take care of each other. And I think, you know, trying to do politics that's uh, useful for everyone. Yeah. That's what, it, or as far as I yeah. can understand it, like, 
Yeah. So you you can like afford to rest on your laurels a little bit. Like there if the if the most extreme candidate is I mean, obviously knowing you, that's the one you support. <laughs> Whoever is <laughs> yeah. the closest uh-huh. the craziest <laughs> to most yeah. <laughs> most out there like person that's available or like idea that's available, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Like that guy What's the dude's name uh, who wears the shoe on his head? Like, anything anything to oh, the right uh, of him. Uh, <laughs> Vermin Supreme? Vermin Supreme, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything to the right of him is, like, pretty much just a compromise. Pretty best. much doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> but, like, we're going to the left, so <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we're just slowly, like, inching towards where I can have, like, an interesting conversation about politics. And then, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I think that idea that you uh, have like kind of landed on, it sounds like where you're, you found a publication that reflects Mm. your values well enough that you can just vote based on their recommendations. Yeah. I think that's actually a pretty good model for democratic reform. Like what if we could give up our vote to someone that we trust to be our representative and it, it wasn't like... I mean, that's what a republic fucking, is, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, that is. Um, we kind of already live in that. Right now, those... Well, no, we don't, because the representatives in the House of Representatives and the, you know, old fuckers in the Senate are like, you know, each of them represents a couple million people or a couple hundred thousand uh-huh. people or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what I'm talking about is like, I personally can give my vote to you. And then you mm. personally can give your vote to someone else. Uh. And so, like, uh, it doesn't, it's, like, much more anarchic, where it, it's not, like, this hierarchical thing where there are elected leaders. Uh-huh. It's more, like, we could still have that republic aspect where, like, we elect representatives and, and senators and stuff. But there are people like, uh, you know, some of the people on the Discord channel who are clearly much more involved in politics. Yeah. Who I would not mind saying like, hey, man, you want my vote? Like, just tell yeah. me what to do. Uh-huh. Or, you know, or, or yeah, even just, just like, outsourced it would that, be even like, better decision. if I could just give it to Or just them. like, then, yeah, even giving it would be better because then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, once we reach this point, Look. then give it back to me. Like, you know, in the future, when we get to the point where we already have like paid for by the collective healthcare, education, food, housing, retirement, once we're there, then like give me my vote back, then we'll start. That's when it's like maybe we have different, you know, we're that like into the weird like <laughs> socialist into the future. But yeah, for now, like take it. <laughs> <laughs> For now, like you can, yeah, yeah you can have like, it. Like I don't need to worry about it because I know you're gonna. I know you're. We're. I know we're aligned on it. All of that up to like a certain point. Right. Yeah. 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 Like what can realistically be done in the next twenty years mm-hmm. is like none of the things that I disagree with most liberals on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Like I, I'm. That's like coalitions. Uh, are I like definitely so, are so important in that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Coalition. That's the word I was looking for the other day when I was working on uh, Reconcile. 
Mm. I think coalition is a great word for uh, groups that like link up. Yeah, it's just like you have a groups. you have a common goal or like a common ethic, and you just decide like we're all on the same team on this. Like, let's go, let's make it happen. Yeah, the coalition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voter blocks, just coalitions, like, unions. Yeah. those are all like they're they're sort of self organized. Mm-hmm. Um, small groups that like get together and say like, yeah, we want to, you know, we want to be a part of a larger thing. Yeah. And I think that that's like, that's, you know, like if, if we were going to do this, like sort of extra representational democracy that I'm describing, it would be like, you know, you have a limit of like 250 people or something can give you their vote, you know, mm. so to like kind of try and encourage limit, it to be yeah, limit like you the personal influence know. you could have. And then you would get away, then you would like avoid yeah. any kind of right. autocracy. Because otherwise, or Alex Jones gets like 30, 30 million votes or yeah. something <laughs> and can elect every person in every race. Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's we uh, just, then we would just have what we have now. <laughs> Which is what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, let's distribute some of that demagoguery. Yeah, let's, I'm into that. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up the Five of Pentacles. Yeah, I actually do. I feel similarly about that card. Um, there's just a... It's just a different like dimension. Um, I don't have any like consistent, um, freely available, like super intimate, uh, really deep connections with in the physical realm. Yeah. So that sucks. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, I, yeah. I, I know it sucks because I <laughs> am experiencing the same thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing anything about it? Or like, I mean, it's every time I talk to you, you're like, oh yeah, I just hung out with some bartenders or I just hung out with some coworkers or whatever. That seems like you're, those are all kind of like unfulfilling relationships. I think is the thing is, you know, it's just like, it's just about drinking and eating, which I fucking love. And is one of my favorite things to do, but that's kind of all, Yeah. that's kind of like, with a lot of those relationships that that's like the extent of like the emotional depth is like types and uh, flavors and like, you know, the vibe of the place and, and drinks and, and like getting drunk and all of that, which I do love. Yeah. I do like really love and enjoy that. But there's yeah. like, there's like a different we dimension of relationship that I'm not currently engaged with. So, which is like wh- how we engage, but then like, you know, in a, like in a physical, in a sexual way, uh, uh or what do you mean? <laughs> Are you hitting on me? <laughs> yeah, I'm hitting on your brain. <laughs> just hitting just the like brain. the the like ease of conversation and and like vulnerability and yeah. philosophical depth and yeah. whatever. Just like bullshitting, yeah. comfort, all of that, you know. Right. Um. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's to not, not have that. So and know? this is what we were talking about this uh, earlier. We're talking about, I think the last time we recorded, maybe like if I'm in a slightly depressive state or space, I'm not going to like necessarily like push myself out of that. I'll just kind of like go with flow. It's kind of how I am with right. this kind of stuff too. It's just like, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think uh, there's what a do balance. I, what do I like? What do know? I want to do right now? You know, I'm I'm like yeah, I'm completely free. I am have complete control over my time, uh, within the the you know the context of all these like shitty systems that we talked about. Um, <laughs> I'm in control of like my time and my day. <laughs> so yeah, what do I want to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's like like I was saying, there's a balance yeah. between uh, you know fully accepting something and then like wanting to uh, in DBT uh, dialectical based therapy uh, which is like heavily based on Buddhism they have this idea of um, the difference between or like the middle ground everything is about like the middle path in DBT Uh, that's a and yeah that's a Buddhist like term yeah exactly (laughs) that's funny exactly yeah so the uh middle path here i think is between sitting on your hands right and like reaching and grasping and like i Mm. think that um where a lot of people get fucked up with buddhism like if you try to explain it to like a secular person or a scientific materialist who's like or a Um, like a moral absolutist or something, you know? Like they say, you know, uh, they always bring up like the same examples. Like, well, what if you're getting raped? Should you just surrender to that too? Uh Or whatever. And like, no, obviously you should fight back with everything you've got because there's like... a polarity between sitting on your hands, which is like, you know, what you do when you're trying to restrain yourself from Uh acting. Yeah. And then there's like reaching and grasping where you're kind of like either clinging on to something that uh, wants to fly away or Mm -hmm. you're reaching for something that um, is just not in the present moment. Yeah. And the, the big facts, I think, are that uh, there is a middle path between those two things where if you are, like, conscious about running yourself through, uh, like, a a perpetually mindful algorithm, Mm. you can get to a good answer about what the, the right course of action is in any given situation... And it's never going to be like restraining yourself or mm-hmm. overexerting yourself. Yeah. It's going to be somewhere in the middle of those extremes. Mm. Hmm. I love that, man. And I think like, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's like with your friends or your like, f- your friend's situation, it's, uh, it's like, yeah, put yourself out there a little bit, you know? Like, go meet people and have interesting conversations. Yeah. Sate that, like, hedonism need that you have uh-huh. that's, like, an an aspect of your social personality. Like, definitely, like, tickle your, your own belly like the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't know <laughs> why that metaphor popped into my head. That's a weird one. But, like, right, you know, uh, yeah, like... Taste nice things and yeah, yeah. feel full and feel drunk and feel good 
that's an important aspect of being alive, I think. And mm-hmm. also, like, maybe over a couple beers, people get a little bit more interesting. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you get a little bit more social fulfillment out of that, too. Yeah. Um, I think what I've been doing too much of, maybe, uh, in this, like, self-isolation that I've just described is, like, feeling like it's hopeless or something. Mm. Like, there's no options for me. When, um, you know, over the last three weeks, I've been training my separation anxiety dog to be home alone Uh by herself. Yeah. As opposed to home alone with me, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. That didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, so I've been training her to be home alone. You know, she's a quarantine dog. She never had her, her owners or her parents or whatever you want to call us like go anywhere because there was never anywhere for us to go we Mm. got her as a puppy in 2020 Mm. and so uh you know slowly over the last like three weeks i went from like staying outside five minutes to staying outside 10 and then 15 and 20 and built it all the way up to four hours which is how long she was home alone without freaking out yesterday Mm. and like what that uh, what that unlocks for me is like I could, you know, potentially go to a coffee shop and work from there. Yeah. Or I, you know, and just be around like pleasant human smells uh-huh. or even unpleasant human smells would be preferable to being <laughs> locked in an echo chamber with my own mm. paranoid thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so. Like, I think even just being around other people's energy and, like, eavesdropping on conversations that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with you oh yeah, helps you break out of that, like, narcissistic sort of mm. uh, disposition that's necessary to fuel paranoia. Mm. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so with, and so with your situation where you are, um, you know, like, going out to meet people... Like that sounds like a good middle path to me where you're not you're not overly surrendering and you're not overly like wishing for things to be other than they are. I'm like I'm like it's a big wave on either side of the middle path. I feel like swinging, you know, side to side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about what that's like as a person with bipolar <laughs> disorder. yeah i mean like all you can expect from perfection is a moment right that's what tyler durden says the first time uh Mm. the narrator meets him in fight club like the novel version Uh and all you can expect from perfection is a moment and then Mm. it goes away Mm. and uh and yeah i like i I think that the more that you are able to get into the moment, the more perfection you're going to appreciate, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck yeah. Agreed. (sighs) I feel that way. And yeah, you can like stretch it out slowly, you know? Yeah, stretch it out. The length of time that you're like actually present or the amount of times throughout the day that you're actually present. Right. The the, like the percentage of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. How's that going for you? Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it feels like I'm, you know, ascending toward like this zenith that is actually 
uh, not a place and there's nowhere to go, but like, it feels like I'm getting somewhere. Sometimes it feels like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just like spiraling into nothingness and that's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wild. It sounds like Mr. Bones wild ride. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, have you seen that meme? Mr. Bones Wild Ride. No. Did you ever play the game Roller Coaster Tycoon? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, so this guy this guy built like a like a train or something that was mm. named Mr. Bones Wild Ride and it took up the entirety of his roller coaster park. And it it was just like switchbacks uh-huh. and a loop. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like the torture train, basically, Mr. Bones Wild Ride. And it's, you know, like trains are the most boring ride in Roller Coaster Tycoon. So all of his guests were like, <laughs> you know, super bummed out. And Man, the internet like, is wild. All of the... All, <laughs> yeah. I love it. So you know how you can like you can open up like and look at what all your guests are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and like every guest was thinking, I want to get off Mr. Bones Wild Ride. <laughs> and like that is a fucking mood. The fact that's that like, the fact that someone was just like, you know what I want to build in this video game is like the dumbest, slowest train of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they built yeah. it. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. That just like I love that people are, people are so c- crazy awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh. you know, I was watching a TikTok the other day of a guy. I'm apparently I'm doing like a meme rundown right now. That one was from like 20 years ago. This one's a little bit more recent. Okay, <laughs> there was a guy wearing one of those horse masks. Hmm. You know the like big rubber uh, horse masks. Yeah. <laughs> And he was sitting in his bathtub in his boxers on a bucket. Hmm. And uh, there was a bucket in front of him. And he was playing like heavy metal drums on the bucket in front of him and headbanging. So the horse mask was like going all crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I turned to freedom and I was like, you know, several billion years ago, the Big Bang happened. And then like... 80,000 years ago, there were monkeys that were kind of smart. And that all conspired to bring us to this moment. (laughs) And, and like, I think that's really special that, like, this is how we're using the gift of creation (laughs) is to make one-minute videos. (laughs) That's a fun way to look at it. Fucking (laughs) bizarre rubber masks and, like, smack things with sticks. Mm -hmm. And like, like the gift of intelligence, Smack things the gift with sticks of creation. in a pleasing fashion, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Not just right. any kind of smack. Like there was some. Like... Exactly. Yeah, there was some aesthetic to it or something. Yeah. Like, the I'm not I'm not gonna like say it was high art, you know, <laughs> but it it was like it, you know. You could you could very easily write a doctoral thesis on. Uh, mm. the like trends in TikTok. Just analyzing you know? a specific like, meme and like the origins of that meme and like why it fits into the into the internet. Yeah, so, yeah that would be so fun. That's the yeah. PhD. That's the fucking PhD I want is like meme like, you know, uh, do a meta analysis of all memes that would just be like <laughs> the most like 
absurd they, shit. Dude, it's called media criticism. It, that's what <laughs> Douglas Rushkoff teaches is media criticism. Uh, that's like the real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, which blew my mind. And I didn't really get to see him like talk shop with someone until he had uh, the dude from the Content Minds on his podcast recently. Oh, yeah. And they just like went off into this like hyper intellectual discussion of the waves of culture that have like passed through us since TikTok was created huh. and like, how much fun it is to just dissect this stuff. Cool. And so mm. like I've been listening to the content minds a bit uh, since then and the guys on it, it's, it's sort of a similar format to you and me talking. Except I I guess they're like they're more structured. Mm-hmm. They like analyze specific news pieces or whatever, um, or not news pieces, but like meme trends. And uh, I don't know. It's like it's something that I've always been hungry for. Like, who is the person writing the history of the internet? You know, mm. there's like no <clears throat> yourmeme.com exists, but it's not. It's like a combination of Wikipedia, Know Your Meme, Snopes, uh, like YouTube, Facebook, you know? Yeah. Google. It's it's metamodern, dude. It's a combination of all the platforms. Yeah. It's a platform and a, I don't know, it's like a space and a collection of information somehow. All of these different sites. Yeah. And then one day we'll be able to like walk around in them like malls or something i don't know how that's gonna look oh god <laughs> how do you feel about that yeah how do you know are you honestly, excited for the like uh, the ar and or the meta what is it metaverse ar vr like worlds okay so first of all we need to address something which is uh you were saying this earlier uh mark zuckerberg stole the word meta and I think we need to be mad about that just for a minute. Yeah. Like we need to have <laughs> we need to have our three minute rage. Well, you know? it was like this. So it's like a combination of like it's great branding is the problem that I I think for me because like he <laughs> like he just like got into my head and implanted a new word that I would use in a certain like conversation, and then like the word comes out of my mouth. I'm like fuck. Like that's you know that's not the word I would have used. Like, if I was yeah. actually, like, you know, speaking from what I, like, how I wanted to or whatever, um, he Mark Zuckerberg was just like, hey, metaverse is now a thing. And that's like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> that's just like. It's like Inception. Yeah, it is like Inception. It, like, literally, you were incepted. You were, like, <laughs> inseminated with his <laughs> fucking brain jizz. His lizard words and <laughs> big tech dick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the long dick of the tech. Yeah, I hate it. I think he should be fired. We should fire him from the internet. <laughs> Out of a cannon. Out of a cannon into the sun. Uh, I don't. Yeah, no, I'm not that, like, spiteful, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I say like just put him on an island or something with like Jeff Bezos and Jeffrey Epstein, and like no one else they can entertain <laughs> themselves. We all know is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> no internet, uh, or only like they only have they only have a projector screen of like Twitter mentions of them 
And that's their only, like, form of, like, entertainment. <laughs> and, just... and they, like, they slowly become less and less relevant, and that's, like, <laughs> their first death. It's like a, a sort of, like, progressive dementia where you fade from the public oh, consciousness. Man, that's so depressing. That's like a fair, <laughs> that's like a fair sentence, though. <laughs> that's like that's fucked up dude <laughs> yeah if you think about it that's kind of what's happened to donald trump hmm. not when like donald trump right? twitter comes I mean, out and then you can really speak your mind on the internet oh yeah i can't <laughs> wait i have it on pre-order nice i love that i'm excited <laughs> for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i uh i'm not I'm not that vengeful against the, the <laughs> tech billionaires either. Yeah. You know, like, I think this is something I've been thinking about kind of a lot lately, actually, where um, the the misplacement of uh, blame onto individuals in mm. any situation yeah. is like a red herring for the the more systemic issues that are actually responsible for all the world's problems. Yeah. The only, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I, Oh man. The only, I, I agree with that. My only problem with that is like, there are dudes out there who can just like alter the way that systems work and decide not to seemingly. I don't think there are. No. You you you, uh, you must have heard that story that uh, Giannis Varoufakis, uh, the uh, the Greek uh, finance minister, I think okay. that was uh-huh. his title. Uh huh. Um, but he like he got elected in Greece in like a populist, you know, almost like an anarchist wave of voting around the time of the uh, subprime mortgage crisis, when like the entire world economy was tanking. Yeah. And Greece did this experiment with, like, you know, far, far, far left politicians in the positions of uh, the greatest power. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> Greece, you know, I'm setting the backdrop a little bit, and then I'll get to the, like, actual oh, yeah. anecdote. Go off, but, King. Uh, <laughs> uh, Greece uh, was like severely in debt to the EU and the EU was trying to impose these austerity measures that were going to like basically bankrupt the country and make them Hmm. the property of major European banks. Hmm. And so, uh, it's like boilerplate, um, disaster capitalism where the rich people find a way to like loan you money when mm. you're in a uh, uh, when you're in a financial or, or like natural or whatever emergency, they find a way to like loan you money so that they can um, own you from then on, and then they like they just charge you hmm. for the right to continue to exist. Uh huh. And so, uh, and so he was in these Giannis. Uh, was in these uh, meetings, you know, as the representative of Greece during this time, he was in these meetings with the EU, uh, you know, board of, you know, finance officers or whatever it is they call themselves. 
And uh, he realized that even the head guy uh, in that situation, regardless of what his personal ambitions were, regardless of what his political beliefs were, he was only afforded the power to affect the system that the system was willing to afford him. Huh. And so, like, everyone is in those positions, like, including Bezos. I mean, the the systems of capitalism, like, won't let him uh, step down from Amazon and sell off all his shares. Like, there's... That's... There's... Okay. Hundreds of thousands of people... Like, the, the company would tank. Hundreds of thousands of people would... Or not hundreds of thousands, but, like, probably... A hundred thousand people would lose their jobs and a major source of infrastructure and like GDP in the company. People would lose their jobs the if country. Jeff Bezos was less wealthy. If he if he sold off all his stock, uh, Amazon would not be able to uh, like sold off okay. his stock I'm... and distributed the money to every American or something like that. Amazon wouldn't be able to, it would tank the price of Amazon. Yeah, that's so not, a, that that's not solving, that's not solving things at a systemic level. That's like just, you know, a handout. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's sort of, that's sort of my, my point is that like Bezos I don't know. Maybe he has more influence over systems than I do. Maybe that's what you're trying to say. But like it, in mm-hmm. terms of his like individual responsibility, he's like he's caught in capitalism, you know. Mm. He's incentivized so just, in certain we're ways. We're all just stuck in capitalism. Yeah, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end <laughs> of capitalism. Have you ever heard that quote? That's funny. You know, what's interesting is that we kind of ended up talking about the Five of Pentacles without meaning to, with oh, that, yeah? like, Greece story. Yeah, because, like, a big piece of uh, the whole Greece story is, like, financial loss. There was, like, a financial meltdown is what they're calling it now, the, the Great Recession. And poverty, like, Greece was destroyed, you know. And lack mindset is, like, the foundation of capitalism. And, you know, that, like, scarcity belief. Like, it's kind of interesting that we got back there without, Mm. like, really even intending to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. How are you doing on money? On money? I have good credit and, like, high limit credit cards. And I just fuck around and, you know, spend a lot and then pay them off and... You know, move money around because that's what you do. Yeah. I guess. You, you're you like, you're buying like Bitcoin with your credit cards and then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. If I want to fuck around. Have you really done that? No. <laughs> okay. That would be insane. I would definitely spend money on things that I don't need to instead of paying off debts i've done that before (laughs) but you know money is made up and there's no rules so you just kind of like move things around (laughs) and then complain and things get dismissed and then you take on debt to pay your debt and then you take on bigger debt and then you have more wealth and then you know just like hang out i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, like, I mean, that is, uh, you said it sort of flippantly, but that is the pattern that you need to go to in order to, like, make it into the middle class. Like, you yeah. gotta get a credit card. Get an auto loan, get fucking, yeah, and then get, like, a student loan, <laughs> and then get a mortgage. And they're just like, wow, I owe, I owe all these banks so much money, and I have so much. It's like, yeah. <laughs> My sister was telling me she's, like, a million dollars in debt, because she's, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, she's building a real estate empire or something. Wow, that's and I was like, cool, I guess. Why is she yeah, doing that? Well, we need more landlords like her. That's, oh yeah, I think that's oh. why is because we nice. need more landlords like her. Uh, it, all too often have I experienced landlords who are not fully appreciative of the sacred trust I'm putting in them by mm. paying them to live in a property that they own and maintain. Like when I was living in San Francisco, you know, way back when, like around the time of, you know, that fateful November where I was having all that paranoia. Yeah. Uh, one time I came home and opened my door and like jumped because my landlord was just like standing there in my, in, in my front hallway and apparently he was just like letting himself into our apartment whenever he wanted what yeah yeah which is like against the law right like you need to give 24 hour notice yeah i mean yeah like do we even need a law to fucking say don't be an asshole seems pretty straightforward and then like the spare key to the house disappeared from the junk drawer and I was, like, never sure whether he was the one who took it. And so I was, like, constantly, like, scared that the locks were going to get picked. Or uh, not not even picked, just opened with the key. Locks were a major source of paranoia for me for a long time. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you a favor. If you've never called a locksmith and anyone who's, you know, potentially listening to this at some point... Uh, if you call a locksmith, like an emergency locksmith, after, uh, say, 10 p.m., and the call gets transferred a couple times, and then a really surly dude picks up the phone and says, I'll send someone out, and then they show up, and they rake their picks against your tumbler for, like, a minute, just, like, making a bunch of noise but not actually picking the lock... And then they say, you have a high-security doorknob. This is the, the real part of the scam. They'll tell you you have a high-security doorknob. Never heard this. And that they uh-huh. have, yeah, they have to uh, charge you an extra 70 or or $100 or something. What the fuck, and dude? the only way in is for them to um, use a hand drill to uh, drill through the, the tumblers. So they just, like, drill right through the doorknob. Jesus. So that was, like, that was right at the start of, of my first bout of psychosis. Like, I had this, this guy, like, totally rip me off. And then, like, two weeks later, my, my neighbor's apartment got broken into. And, uh, like, her laptop was stolen and things were thrown around and stuff. I, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's kind of appropriate to the Five of Pentacles to end on that story where, like, mm. that that was me. You know, like, the way this card looks, it's like 
these people are outside. They're in yeah. the snow. There's like yeah. warm light coming from the window, but they're not uh. being allowed in there, and they're like ragged and cold. And the hmm. beginning of that story with the locksmith is me and my girlfriend at the time huh. uh, sitting outside on the stoop of the apartment complex that we had moved into a week prior. And the first week that we were there, we locked our keys in, in the house. Hmm. And that was us. It was a cold, rainy San Francisco <laughs> night at like 2 a.m. Yeah. And... Like, we'd just gotten back from the bar, and we were sobering up, mm. and it we were, uh, another major theme of the Five of Pentacles is worry, and, you know, we were scared, like, I was scared I wasn't going to be able to get back in there, and, uh, and so I think that's a good place to end. We're going to end yeah. on a dark note on this one. Does it, do you feel comfortable with that? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.